Welcome to episode six of 10 of this series that I call Retrospective. In this episode, we discuss career goals, you know, what we wanted to achieve, why we went to get an MFA and how we thought that would give us a particular career path and how for some of us, including myself, those aspirations and goals have changed and hearing the different choices that we've all made uh, as the decades roll on and our aspirations adjust. In this episode, you'll hear conversations with my fellow graduates, Amanda Marchand, Brett Gottschall, Lizea Lyons, Mira Hecht, Peter Wu, Ricardo Rivera, Sonia Heinrichsen, Joram Wahlberger, Barbara Bartos, Erez Golan, and Alison Goldberg. That's a good question, but I may be different. <laughs> I really went to graduate school to make the best work I could make. I went to make work and be better at it. And that was it. And then I also thought, well, maybe I this will be good for teaching, but I wasn't really thinking I'm going to go out and be a teacher. And maybe I thought there this could lead me on a path to other work, but it was really, I really was maybe a bit myopic that way. <laughs> That's the truth. We've talked about overall these years, getting a, a gallery, that was that was the thing that, that you wanted. I, again, I, I really wasn't thinking about that so much. And so, how it's changed for me over the years isn't really that that drastic of a an, a thing, you know. I I never uh, you know was in it to to get rich or uh, you know be famous or anything like that, which I'm not. Thank you. I succeeded there. Yes, you you achieved that goal. Well done. <laughs> I achieved it. I, I was you know I, the natural flow of things is is where I could keep my sanity. You know I. And I wasn't, uh, and I'm not going to chase the chase the girl. I'll just let it happen, you know. I'm sure your wife would be happy to hear that. <laughs> just let it happen. That's the best way, you know. It's it's when you're not looking. That's when it happens. Yeah. So that's kind of been my approach, and you know, the answer to that question is it really hasn't hasn't changed for me. It's 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 just making the art, and you know, providing some opportunity to show it to people in whatever way that is. And if, if you end up in a gallery, that's great. If not, that's great too. Do you have any sort of more, you know, still moving forward, uh, you know, aspirational goals for your career? No, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, the goal, my goal has always been just to somehow be able to keep doing what I like to do, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be, you know, a rung on the ladder somewhere. Just to find a, a you know, a cool comfort zone, which I found. Oh, I mean, you have a very envious position of sort of, it sounds sort of 
sounds awkward when I say it, but like a good, stable job in the arts. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, not it's, a lot of people have. I'm sure this is true. Yeah. I feel that I've, I've gotten myself into the right place at the right time. And it's fairly insulated. Yes. The position, there's only one of me. And it's an important job, uh, which is uh, matting and framing for all of the departments. And so the job's not going to go away. If I don't do it, somebody else will do it, or maybe they'll farm it out somewhere. But you can't, uh, with a museum, you know, everything has to be done on site. The artwork doesn't leave the building. So I I feel safe and uh, secure, and I'm making, you know, enough money to not starve and and have a roof over my head with help from my wife thank you susan so i you know i I found a comfort zone and the goal is just to not stop making art not stop being creative but to uh to keep nurturing that and and uh you know have have the time and which is probably the biggest problem right now is just time but i I, I see my creativity. It's, you know, it's not, it's not oil on canvas or, you know, a ceramics wheel spinning in, in a studio somewhere. It's, it's just being creative and nurturing that idea of, of being an artist and whatever, you know, you're an artist when you're walking down the street, you know, it's, it's not, you don't have to be in the studio making art. You're, you're an artist when you're teaching your kids about something how to how to look at something, uh, how to see something, how to treat something or someone. So that's 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 kind of the the thing that uh, that I aspire to, and and that's my goal, and that's what I'm doing. But I want to keep making art. I have a studio here. There is all the tools are in there to do it. It's just a slow. It's a slow trickle. At some point. Uh, I'll get back to it. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, after the kids are out the door and I have a little more time. Uh, maybe it's not. Uh, in the meantime, I, I just have to get up a little bit earlier and and do those things, and produce the things that that uh, that I can see. I guess. Now, I mean, I still could entertain the fantasy of being in you know a museum exhibition. I think that would be, I, I'm still on that goal. <laughs> wait, you haven't been in a museum? You, wait, you've been in, a, but like you haven't had a solo music. Right, yeah. Like, no one ever called me for the Whitney Biennial. Yet. <laughs> I've certainly sent postcards and whatnot. And uh, yeah, SF MoMA. I still love seeing art in galleries and museums. Not just, you know, everywhere. I don't know. I, I love that still. I love going to see art. And I think people still do appreciate that. So I still hope for that. I love it. I mean, some people's dreams and aspirations change and career goals change. Some people's don't. And, and mine have, I won't say they've changed because I still want that. I still want that museum retrospective of me while I'm, I, I want it while I'm still alive so that I can enjoy the retrospective though. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That, that's like, I think I, at one point was like, Oh, I want to be 
in something by the time I was 40. Well, okay. You know, I had a teenager when I was 40. So it was like, oh my God, I got to get this kid through high school and into college. Like, and then it was like, oh God, I got to get her through college. And then, so and now it's like, oh my God, I got to do all this stuff before I have grandkids. What the hell? So, yeah. You know, I wanted to go the gallery route. And when, when I graduated, I didn't even think about there was any other route to go. It was like, I wanted to be on that, the rungs of the ladder in that way. You know, you get out of school, you get a gallery, you get two galleries, get more than two galleries. Actually, I didn't even think about that. For me, like one gallery, oh, wow, that's like the best. But now I see people have 10 galleries, you know. Um, they're trying to sell their work all over the country and Europe. I mean, I see people, they're getting, they'll apply to any little show in Europe just to get their work, you know, in Europe, like a group show, send it over there. I mean, I don't do that. But so for me, getting a gallery, that's what I wanted. And I would like to have more shows. I have a show coming up at American University Museum. That's fun. I would like to do more of that. So of course there's more that I would like to do, but I'm so grateful for what I have now that I try just to be in the present. And yeah, I went, I have gone the route that I wanted to go in when I graduated, which was traditional art world route. Well, I, I mentioned that I was really romantic coming out of school and I thought I could just make my work and um, survive and have a part-time job. And then, you know, the real world kicked your ass and you're like, well, no, I can't do that. And so I had to get somehow figure out a way using the skills that I've had and accumulated and, uh, and, and survive in the, in the world, but also create my work. Now, when I created, when I was first making work out of grad school, I think looking back on the the works i used to make i think it was a lot of me just trying to fit in trying to figure out and wanting to be accepted you know and so when you make work about being wanted to be accepted and and but still trying to maintain your integrity and stuff like that it's a really kind uh it's not a place uh, where where basically you know you're um you're 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 doing things not for you in some instances, so and that shows in some of the work I, I've done before. And I think at a certain age, I just said, "Well, fuck it. No one's really paying attention anyway, so I'm going to make my own work." And I started doing sci-fi video projections that were not able to sell, and their installations, and and I and then that's when actually things started happening, which is really weird. I think that's a good lesson. It's it's not trying to placate to to your audience or 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 that the art world in itself and just do the things that you want to do and and be adventurous and risky. But I think that's really hard for a student coming out of school wanting to be accepted by the world and the art world. And so that they may fall in the traps. Either a gallery, say for example, a gallery picks you up and you're a painter, which happened to me. Uh, I was not a painter, but I, got, I fell into making paintings. And then I didn't want to make paintings anymore. And the gallery says, no, you have to keep on making them. And I was like, that's fucked up. I don't want to do it anymore. So that's why basically I left because it was not no longer uh, the money was there, but 
I didn't care about that. I wanted to kind of expand what I was doing and I didn't want to be known as, as this thing. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't like to be boxed in. I didn't have any goals. I was happy, extremely happy to be the first in my family to have an upper division or upper, a graduate degree. And I was very proud of that. And then naturally I went into teaching. Everything happened organically. I didn't have time to think about it. I had to survive. And it was either that or I was going to start. Because I, I also restored uh, old houses. I was just going to say, I'm going to paint houses and do that and see where that goes. And luckily that didn't happen because I don't think I would have been happy doing that. <laughs> Because I was thinking I could do that as a contractor and then get enough money and then make my art. And that would have been much more difficult than what I'm doing now. So I didn't, honestly, for me, like I told you, I don't believe in free will. It was all just organically happening. And in my silly mind, it's like the Greek goddess or gods were kind of guiding me. And there's these apparitions that they come and say, like, look at this stupid. And I'm like, why? I'm not a religious or super spiritual person, but all these crazy circumstances of serendipity always happen. So I started to pay attention more to that and accept it. So there's this kind of uh, weird combination of contemporary postmodern thought mixed with Athenian a culture. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of career goals, I kind of feel like maybe they were unclear. I always knew that I wanted to be an artist and that I wanted to take that seriously. But there wasn't like a goal, let's say, I want to become, you know, I want to go to academia and teach. And that I think is because I didn't even know there was that option when I first came to the U.S. Because in Germany, you know, that is not something that you go to art school for. It's just not because you have to get famous, become famous first. And then maybe once you're, I don't know, 60 or something, I don't know. I mean, or 50 or I don't know, you know. So this is not something you you have in mind or at least at the time I really can't speak for now because I'm not familiar with how the German uh, art uh, education system uh, is is functioning now I have no idea I guess all I can say is that that I you know coming out of art school at SFAI I was just more focused on where am I going to be? You know, I, I went back to Europe initially and was going to stay there and that didn't work out. I didn't like it there anymore, but it was always clear that I wanted to do my artwork as my first and for, foremost uh, thing. And that somehow the financial part had to somehow either I could, I could make some money with my art. And if not, that I just had to do something else. And I have to say this, that, you know, at the time, it didn't seem like life was going to be so difficult in terms of financial, just because life wasn't that expensive. 
And I'm a person who doesn't need very much. I don't have a car. I have never had a car. I always live in just, you know, like a, I, I, I'm on my own. So I don't have a partner or anyone who supports me. But I, uh, so I have always lived with roommates. Right now, I have a pretty nice situation, actually, which was very lucky, where I have more than just one little room. I am kind of in an attic in a in a house with a woman who has been there for like 20 years who is a filmmaker. It's in it's in in Oakland at the edge of Berkeley. And we have a shed in the backyard where I can store some of my, of my art stuff. But I have never had a studio, for instance, because I can't afford that in the Bay Area. You know, I wasn't realizing at the time we graduated that things would become so difficult. Like the Bay Area now. It's at the point where I have considered leaving and maybe even leaving back to Europe. I don't know. It's just become so, I mean, rents, you have no idea. It's insane. It's insane. And affording a studio on top of that, no way in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm working uh, out of a community studio, that a membership-based studio with my ceramics work. And I'm very, very grateful for them and for them existing and for that, you know, that I can be a member there and all. But is this a, a long-term situation? I'm questioning it very much because there are certain restrictions to it that I sometimes don't like, uh, even though I love them. I have to say that. But, you know, is this going to be forever? for how long, you know, or am I going to have to move on? I kind of am at the point where I feel like maybe that time is, is, is approaching where I will have to move on and will have to leave the Bay Area and find a place that is more affordable. On the other hand, you know, here there is an art scene. There is, there are, there is art to be seen, even though in the pandemic it wasn't, but now it's starting up again and there are museums and there, there is some kind of interaction with artists, you know, there's at least that option and you can be part of some kind of a community. And uh, in terms of my ceramics work, there is also, there are also people who are able and willing to buy it. Now, if I go into like in a, in a, in a small mountain community in Colorado or something, you know, might be cheaper to live uh, and maybe I can have a studio there and maybe you know even set up my own ceramic studio even though I don't know if that would be possible but let's say it would there's nobody who is going to buy my ceramics I will have to somehow ship them to some kind of a market or work through Etsy and ship everything out and you know like there's like pros and cons to all of this but um, it's definitely become become uh, extremely, extremely difficult to live in the Bay Area. It's a huge challenge and I don't know how to do it anymore. I was going to want to be the best, the most famous, the most successful artist <laughs> right out of school. It did change. It's exactly what we just talked about. My career goal back then was I'm going to be an artist for 100% of my time. I'm going to do only that, and I'm going to dedicate all my time to that. And 20 years later, it's not. Uh, maybe now I'm considering going back to do something like that when I can, kind of what you, if you want to call it retired, you know, or I have less, less um, responsibilities to others, and then I can focus on what I want to do. I probably will try to do that. 
but it is different. You know, I calm down. It's much more, I learned that it has its own dynamic. It has its own rhythm. You can't control it. You know, it's like one year you get four calls from collectors and they want all this work. Or one year you're really inspired and you have an idea. And there's there's time when it's not. It's time when you have other things you're interested in. You have other outside factors that, that come in. And, and so I learn as I grow older to accept them, basically, and, and not fight them. Meaning, okay, so I took a year off and I'm building my studio. That sounds like a lot of time that you can do a lot of artwork. But I'm fine with it. I'm a little frustrated, but I'm fine with it. In the beginning, I would be like, are you kidding me? I'm just ready to go. I'm like, just get me out of there. I'm going to do all this and get all this show and do all this stuff and get noticed. And I want to get famous and I want to have ads in all the, you know, my art in ads. And I remember even like, why am art my gallery? And art news, yeah, all that yeah. bullshit, art you know. Forum. Yeah, and I used to like search online to see, did someone write about me or, you know, all that stuff that we do. I'm much more calm right now. I don't remember the last time I checked on Google if anyone wrote about everything. <laughs> it's like you just learn that there is dynamic to it, and there is, you gotta go with the flow sometime, and you gotta help it too. I mean, it's not only I'm just gonna sit and wait for them, but I think the intensity or the anxiety over it calmed down over the years. I think it would be an interesting conversation to have to somebody, who, you know, in parallel with someone, you know, who's an American who knows the system to tell me now, like, how much did I miss because of not understanding how to navigate the system and how much it was the way it was, you know, because I kept blaming my bad experience on, on the fact that after the two years of master's, I finally got it. You know, like, okay, I should have done this. I should have moved immediately into new genres, not wait a year. I should have this, you know. I didn't know how to take advantage of opportunities. I didn't know how to navigate taking different classes. I didn't know how to stay in touch with professors or, you know, keep working them. All stuff that there are skills that you build maybe in undergrad and i don't know no i mean what you're bringing up right now is is basically the underlying purpose of my entire podcast <laughs> like which is that there are all these little tricks of the trade knowledge insider yeah. information that is it's not that it's like hidden but it's not openly shared let's say that's one, and I think uh, not being shared or not not being known or or not being trained, because it's not rocket science. You just need to have the basics and know that you have to do it. It advantages people who have the propensity, the personality, to work the system. There are those people who can do it naturally. I have to work on it. <laughs> you need to pull me out. <laughs> dig me out and ask me questions i'm not you know i'm not forward i mean i'm i'm, I'm super happy with uh you know how life turned on you know and it turned out um so in that i i really have no uh you know i can't say that i missed a terrific art career and i think one of 
you know, one of the aspects is that coming back to Israel, and I did come back and I did work within the art scene, as, again, as kind of the head of a photography department, running an academic program for five years, which is, you know, it's a lot of time in terms of, you know, being the head of a department five years is a long time. And I think I, I, I really it got it out of my system, you know, to, to a certain extent. It was just, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done, you know. <laughs> I want to do something else. <laughs> I love it how you express like the idea of being an artist as something you get out of your system. <laughs> That's great. When it's there, it's there. And when it's not, it's not. It's like, I think it's kind of like falling in love with someone. You know, when you're in love, it's like you're totally immersed in, you know, everything is lovey-dovey and, you know, everything is pink and, and great. And then sometimes it just ends. And, you know, it's not to say that, the person sucks or anything. It's just that it's, there's love is not there anymore. And I think with, you know, the romance that I had with art at one point ended. What I thought would have been successful, I never achieved. Like I thought if I have a gallery that represents my work, that is a measure of success. That will be a measure of, of success for me. I didn't, know what steps to take to get there. I never got there. Ultimately, I don't think that would have been, you know, that would have made me feel like I had had success though. I think ultimately it was something more elusive that I wanted, like getting the work more out into a larger context world, world context. That's what I thought would mean success. And that was never something that, you know, was talked about or taught. Yeah, I don't remember being taught anything about, I remember being taught craft, concept, mm -hmm. and techniques, and that's about it. Like beyond yeah. that, especially in San Francisco, my undergrad taught me a little bit of that, but not not enough in in my opinion. But that's my my. And genius. where did you go to undergrad? Uh, I went to the University of Iowa and the Corcoran School of Art in DC. Mm -hmm. So I should have had a better education, but, mm -hmm. you know. But the, it, it, and this is this is the thing that it, like this is part of the reason why I'm interested in this this dialogue that I'm getting with other people I graduate with is like. Were these mistakes that were sort of in, ingrained into the educational system or were like the things that I was unable to achieve in my career and a lot of other people in their careers because of choices we made or because of the educational system itself? And I, and I don't know the answer to that. And it's probably the answer is both, but I just find it an interesting issue because I'm also a teacher now. So, <laughs> And you teach art to college students? Yeah, and yeah. Make it clear that this is like <laughs> a pipe dream. Uh huh. Uh, clear, probably not clear enough. No. I mean, mm -hmm. it, we should make it clearer to them because it is a, a one in a million chance to be a, at any level of success. But I mean, but the point, the thing that I've also realized over time is like, again, like, 
like you, when I was in grad school, I was thinking success was having a gallery and that gallery would then help to elevate my career, sell my work, help me to get other galleries, et cetera, et cetera, like all this kind of stuff. And, and I've realized I'm like, that's not, that wouldn't have made me happy if I probably had gotten that at that time. And so like my definition of success these days has changed uh, versus what I had back then. Back then I was incredibly arrogant and I thought all kinds of great marvelous things that were going to happen. And of course, none of them happened, but all kinds of other things happened, which have redefined my definition of success. So that, that issue I think is a, is a, something that I wish was addressed. You know, mm -hmm. even the idea of what makes for success. Because I also think that's changed. Mm -hmm. I think back 20 years ago, success was having a gallery that represented you and having exhibitions every two years and, and having sales on a regular basis. I think that it's changed a lot. I think it's more biennials, um, artists, residencies, like all these other kinds of getting grants, you know, this kind of stuff. Like, I think like these things are more important in the building of a career these days than a gallery. But I think that all of those things just feed making the work, but they don't feed the ultimate like goal of what success is, depending on how you define it. So I think my husband has helped me really understand it it's success or in a, in a very different way. So he frames it as being able to generate conversation. That is, that is what success is uh, because that's what the work can do. And those conversations can, can, and hopefully do create change because if that is what an artist is trying to do, then that is needs to be the focus. And I don't feel that there that that is the conversation. The conversation is around commerce. And it's not about anything else. I will say to you that though that is a, an American thing. Uh, I've now lived in the Middle East and I've lived in in Europe and uh, that issue of art being about primarily and for first being about commerce is an American thing. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Well, Europe has a much larger infrastructure for supporting the arts. I know this podcast is paid for by a, a grant mm -hmm. <laughs> from Norway, Liechtenstein and Iceland, mm -hmm. which I don't live in any of those countries, but yet I'm funded by those countries. <laughs> So it's like, I love this place. <laughs> so, well, okay. Well then going back to the idea of success, I mean, I like that issue when, if you, can you remember, I mean, okay. So other than getting a gallery, was there any other sort of defining idea of success back then that you now obviously have a different definition of? I guess having been, having relocated to a different city and having had to figure out the landscape there, the art world landscape and all of the schools that were feeding the gallery system and the teaching jobs. I think I thought 
that at the time, another, another landmark would have been, you know, just kind of being in a show with people, with artists that I respected. That would have been another landmark kind of, of success. It can be the same today. Uh, the conditions changed, but I really want to teach. My dad's a teacher in the art high school all his life. And I always felt I'm good at that. I'm, I'm, I have, and I was told by others that I have, you know, teaching talent, you know, like I, I, I find solutions to explain a thing. I can, I can make it work. And I tried to get teaching jobs, but because I had this visa issue, I couldn't just wait a miracle to happen next year. I need the work now. So it, it never, it never happened. Uh, I got close, but it never happened. And that's kind of the bitter thing because I would like to teach even now. Even now I'm considering like making, you know, private classes, which is going on, going private. And I'm in Italy, I'm in a cool, cool, nice place. I could probably start something on even for foreigners, you know, because I'm probably the only one who speaks fluent English in that town, you know? So there may be opportunities, I don't know, but teaching, not galleries. I, I I have not applied to a gallery to show my work yet in 20 years. I didn't try. I don't know if they're interested, but I didn't try. I applied to shows. I got prizes. I got, you know, work sold. <laughs> but I never tried. I, I never had this obsession. I keep saying, yeah, I should try once <laughs> to sell my work. But um, it might be time. But in terms of what I hoped and on what I was working on immediately after grad school was trying to teach and I was applying and doing CCAs and all that stuff, CAAs, in a, in a um, official way, like getting a teaching job in Italy, it's out of order. It's insane. I do. I feel successful. I feel that I've done or I'm doing what I want to do. I want to be an artist. I am an artist. I make art. I remember in school, someone said, maybe it was Pagan Brook or someone, an artist makes art. You know, if you don't make art, you're not an artist. So that's what I'm doing. So I feel that I'm an artist and I love it. I'm so grateful for being an artist. I think it's the most wonderful thing. And to share your work, I, I love sharing my work. I don't feel like I have to. I know some artists, if they can't get their work out there, they're like crazy. It's, you know, they'll, they'll put it anywhere. They just want to show the work. I don't feel desperate to show the work. But when I do have a show, I'm totally grateful that people are looking at it. And I mean, it's, it's funny. Somebody recently said to me, you know, when you have an art show and it's... I, I never, I, I didn't get it, I think, because I'm so grateful to show the work, but she was a curator. She's a curator. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to talk to you at my opening. And she said, well, I wouldn't expect you to have to talk to me at your opening. An opening is a business venture. You need to be talking about your work to people. And, and I mean, I thought, well, I never got that. I'm just so grateful to show the work. I'm not thinking about, is it selling or is it going to sell or I need to sell it and talk to people. 
But that was where she was coming from. As a curator and someone who writes about art, I guess she feels you're having an opening. It's about selling the work. The gallery wants to sell it, of course, right? So they're thinking that. But for me as the artist, no, I, I'm just grateful to be making it, number one, and showing it. If I'm lucky enough to do that, I'm very grateful. And so... I think of exhibit openings as openings are the social event that goes around the art event. Basically, it's they, for the gallery. It's a it's a business, but for artists at art events, it's it's social. It's like, hey, you're all my friends. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming. That kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I don't know any artist that goes. You know what? Tonight is all about business. Tonight, I must sell. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad you haven't heard no. that because I thought, I don't know what's been wrong with me because I'm just happy to be here. And, you know, I'm not thinking about what's selling or not. If you're working for with a gallery, it's the gallery's responsibility to think right. like that, not the artist's responsibility. Right. Like going back to your professor, like art artists are there to make art, not to do the business. But unfortunately, these days we have and to do more. This is the business. issue. This is the rub. Because for me, I don't want to be thinking about that. I mean, that's like the last thing I want to be thinking about. But I notice a lot of artists today do think about it. They're really out front about trying to sell the work any way they can. And I guess they, they people need to sell the work. I mean, it's true. If you don't make some money, you can't keep making you can't keep making the the work. Maybe you have to get two jobs or I mean, it's difficult. It's really difficult for people. To wrap this up, I'd like to thank you for listening all the way to the end of the conversation. We would appreciate it if you would share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, studio mates, or anybody with an interest in arts and creative endeavors. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014. The audio was edited by Cush Audio Services, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Art Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic and Kunstcentrene i Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website wisefoolpod.com.